Good morning. Oh, let me get my other light on. Sorry. There, maybe that helps. Good morning, everyone. Hope you had a beautiful, beautiful weekend. No matter how good or how hard our lives are, we just, we put our trust in Jesus. Jesus is, Jesus is our Lord. That means he's the King of Kings, Lord of Lord, the Prince of Peace. We put our trust in him, in him alone. Not in our bank accounts, not in our jobs, not in, even in other people, but we just put our trust in Jesus the, and, the, and the beautiful work of the Holy Spirit. We get to talk about uh, paragraph 707. Oh, by the way, if you're here, say aloha and where are you watching from? Uh, I get to use a big word today. It's kind of one of the first big words I ever learned uh, when I was studying scripture, and that's the word theophany. <laughs> I remember when I was back going, going to school in Baylor, my religion professor threw that word out. I go, well, that's an interesting word. And what, if it, what it is, it's a, it's a manifestation of God. It's uh, the pre-incarnate uh, manifestation of God. So, for example, and also like in the, in the, uh, in the New Testament too, but a theophany would be like um, uh, when the angel of the Lord fought with, uh, with Jacob in the desert. That was a theologians say that was the pre-incarnate Christ. So a theophany, the manifestation of God, light up, theophanies light up the way of the promise from the patriarchs to Moses. So who are the patriarchs? Those are that's from Adam. Hi, Christy. Aloha. Good, glad you're joining us. Uh, the patriarchs are those from Adam uh, forward to the time of Moses, uh, the, the early, uh, uh, the early uh, uh, men of the Bible from, from, uh, from the time of Genesis. So theophanies, the manifestations of God, light up the way of the promise from the patriarchs to Moses and from Joshua to the visions that inaugurated the missions of the great prophets. Christian tradition has always recognized that God's word allowed himself to be seen and heard in these theophanies. So before Jesus became all, God, all man while remaining all God, he would appear, the author and finisher of our faith, the author of the book entered the book and he would make his appearances at different times and places in scripture. So Christian tradition has always recognized that God's word, in other words, when we say word with a capital W, we're referring to the second person of the Trinity, the son of God, Jesus Christ. That God's word allowed himself to be seen and heard in these theophanies in which the cloud of the Holy Spirit both revealed him and concealed him in its shadow. So it's interesting how um, I think it's C.S. Lewis said that God hides himself just enough so those that really don't want to find him won't. But he hides himself just enough so those that do want to find him will. And in these in these theophanies um, we see uh, we see but we don't see God. In the divine uh, pedagogy, now what is pedagogy? Pedagogy is a journey of faith that, the, that uh, we, have all, we all individually go through, but also the journey of faith of the history, right? His story of mankind as God gradually, gradually, gradually reveals who he is to, uh, to Israel and to, and to the people on earth. It's a, a gradual unveiling, a gradually, gradual opening up of who he is. 
This divine pedagogy appears especially in the gift of the law. God gave the law as a pedagogue to lead his people towards Christ. Aloha, Ted Scarpino. Hey, Jerry. Hey, you guys. Tell us where you're, where you're watching from today. But the law's powerlessness to save man deprived of the divine likeness, along with the growing awareness of sin that it imparts, enkindles a desire for the Holy Spirit. The lamentations of the Psalms bear witness to this. So what the law did is show us that, wow, we really need help. We're, we, we, we've sinned and fallen short of God's glory, and we need God's forgiveness, and we need God's grace so that we can live a life of virtue. So now in paragraph 709 of the Catholic Catechism, I think if you're reading scripture, you need to have this alongside you. This is a, a beautiful book that helps us understand uh, the fullness of scripture. And it's very important when you read scripture that you read it within its full, within the, within the fullness of scripture. You don't just take a scripture verse out of context here and there and do what they call proof texting. That if you proof text, if you take a scripture out of its context, you can prove just about anything that may that that uh, you want to, whether it's true or false. <laughs> the law, uh, the law, the sign of God's promise and covenant, ought to have governed the hearts and institutions of that people to whose Abraham's faith gave birth. If you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. If you obey my voice, well, there's a great lesson to be learned here. Uh, I, I remember once I read the whole New Testament and then the whole Old Testament and then the whole New Testament again, all within a six week period of time. And one of the two main lessons that I pulled out of scripture is uh, God wants us to hear his voice. And how do we hear it in this busy, busy, noisy world of social media and and 24-hour news and and uh and the the being pulled right and left with work we have to battle we have to battle uh to spend that time alone with god to hear his voice um there is a scripture verse the other main thing that i learned in that six-week period is god said uh to enter into his rest the promised land was called the land of rest and Paul said, strive to enter into God's rest. So work really hard at making sure you carve out time to spend alone with the Lord, resting in his presence, seeking his face. And uh, let the Lord impress on you. Um, let him write into your own heart his words. But after David, King David, Israel gave in to the temptations of becoming a kingdom like the other nations. You know, God said, you don't need a king, I'll, I'm ruling you. But they begged and begged him to have a king. So he gave them King Saul. He said, you're gonna have a king like the other nations, you know? And so they did. He said, they're gonna take, they're gonna draft your young man and take him into war and he's gonna be harsh and maybe uh, heavy on you. And that was Saul and then King David was anointed in his place. The kingdom, however, now the kingdom with the capital K, not the small letter K, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, however, is the object of the promise made to David. Now it's in, in Samuel. By the way, I love the book of Samuel. I love First and Second Samuel. It's a beautiful uh, history uh, around that time of Saul and David. And really, um, you see God at work. 
in, in beautiful, powerful way through this man of God, Samuel. The kingdom, however, the object of the promise made to David would be the work of the Holy Spirit. It would belong to the poor according to the Holy Spirit. The forgetting of the law and the infidelity to the covenant end in death. It is the exile. And so we see uh, the children of Israel, uh, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, two, two, two separate times were taken into exile uh, by, uh, by uh, invaders. And we are, in, a, in essence, an exiled church here on earth, right? We, we, we are separated from our homeland, uh, which is heaven. The forgetting of the law, and there, here we go back to the pedagogy and the pilgrimage that we're all on. The forgetting of the law and the infidelity to the covenant end in death. It is the exile. Apparently the failure of the promises, which is in fact the mysterious fidelity of the Savior God and the beginning of the promised restoration. But according to the Spirit, the people of God had to suffer this purification. In God's plan, the exile already stands in the shadow of the cross. And the remnant of the poor that returns from the exile is one of the most transparent prefigurations of the church. So during this time of testing that we're seeing in the world, count it all joy. Count it as a time of, of purification, of God working to purify the, the um, intentions and the actions of the people of God. The Bible says, if my people that are called by name, by my name will humble themselves and repent and pray, I will heal and restore their land. And so here we are in this, uh, in this as the, the recent book by Archbishop Chaput, Strangers in a Strange Land, where he is writing about living as Christians in the post-Christian era. But we as Christians, if we humble ourselves and repent, God will heal our land. And so. We, it, the repentance has to begin with us. We need to stop pointing fingers at everybody else and every, all the wrongdoers out there and just get our act together and humble our, ourselves before the Lord. I want to remind everybody um, that we're going to be hosting the, the, um, the Hawaii retreat uh, December 8th through the 11th. So you're welcome to go to our website, click on the retreat, retreat button and come join us uh, in Waikiki for a few days of of recreation and recreation. Uh, until next time, may the breath of the Holy Spirit alo aloha you. Me ka'inoa o kamakua kekeki. Ame ke kuhana hemalele. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Love you guys. Ted Scarpino, I want you to add your sons to become the family, get your family membership so you can start going through the School of Manliness with your sons. And your wife, Jamie, can be part of the, uh, the uh, Mama Bears. Um, uh, for $10 more a month, Jamie can be a member of the Mama Bears and be a beautiful contributor there. And you can begin to lead your sons through the School of Manliness. And I know we talked about it and I never followed up, so let me know if you want some help. Okay? Aloha. <laughs>